I actually recorded the whole intro to this podcast already but there was an awful echo on it because I don't know how to work this microphone I just got a new microphone god bless I know I only put up the story literally yesterday but it turns out my housemate actually had the microphone I was looking for so I didn't even need to order it second hand in theme with this podcast Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, I have to get all my burps out as well before this podcast because I am very aware that the sound of burping can make people feel nauseous. And it's probably not nice if you have earphones in as well, I'd say, especially if they're wet. Imagine imagine a wet burp in your ear, especially with this high def microphone. High def. Anyway, um, I'm cutting all the excuses now for making the podcast because I actually do have a lot to say. I haven't been leaving the house. The only person I really talk to is Jason or the cat. The cat is pissing me off though at the moment. She's gotten into a new routine of whenever we feed her in the morning, she eats it so fast that then she proceeds to puke it up immediately after. And she has her favorite puking spots. It's usually on the rug now, but we've gotten, because we're uh, we're prepared and we it's foreshadowed whenever she's hoofing down the food and we try to slow her down, we've tried to smaller the portions as well and cut it up into like little increments throughout the day. None of it works. It's always the first one in the morning. Anyway, so she has her little favourite puke spot which is the rug just beside the bed. So I know when it's about to come she starts the retching. So I have to pick her up but also the motion of me lifting her in the air always pushes the puke out of her mouth. Sorry, this is going to make people feel nauseous now as well. But anyway, it is literally just her breakfast, undigested, unchewed. It is just out there in the bathroom floor then. So then I have to clean it up. But it is preparing me for motherhood is what I is how I've justified it. And she is so cute. She gets away with it. She's had a tough upbringing. She just got out of hospital as well for eating a lily. Um, now, no one do be because I know cat owners can be very scary. I, I was trying to think of a less offensive way to adjective there for cat owners because I am one to myself but I can see how I could turn scary too but there are some not all there are some cat owners that are terrifying and will send you abuse if you're not if they d- deem you um what's that word inept if they deem you as an inept owner cat owner or cat mother as they say uh so just now i have been in touch with my vet i am a i'm a constant i'm neurotic i'm a neurotic cat owner myself so uh, but just for my own one i wouldn't be now a cat shamer i wouldn't be texting other people on how to look after their cat because you know who am i to assume or uh, make judgment you know my cat nearly died from eating a lily and i knew they were poisonous it I obviously wasn't the person to bring it into the house but that's a story for a different day anyway uh, what else was I talking about? Oh yeah, I also am on the verge of getting cancelled for spoiling a Great British Bake Off episode, the ending of who got kicked out. Now I apologise if I offended anyone, any of my uh, any esteemed Great British Bake Off fans. In fairness to me, it was twenty four hours after the episode had aired, so people should be updated, especially at the semi final. I don't know why people aren't watching it live. Do you know what I mean? I was holding back as well. I was holding back on making a comment. But I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I acted out of emotion and I shouldn't have. I should have maybe put a disclaimer beforehand. Uh, but I didn't. Lo and behold, because I forget that I have a following the odd time. So um, I'm, I apologize now in advance for anyone that it, the episode was ruined for. But I still am full of rage at the outcome. So um, I no regrets, but I do apologize. Anyway, so the genre, the genre of this episode is unsustainable fashion. 
and I know I might sound like a bre- broken record, but actually, actually, in fairness to me, I have probably tripled my following since I have been on that militant activism buzz of like, you know, shaming people on the internet and giving out all the time about uh, people not recycling and stuff. I kind of got over that uh, during lockdown. I kind of was like putting things into perspective and, you know, it would be a bit tone deaf of me if I continued with that sort of behavior throughout lockdown when people were struggling uh, as myself, like myself as many people were but I am back on my bullshit now but like kind of in a more tame way I kind of understand uh, I've learned a lot I've grown I've grown up I've matured I know the ways to um, educate myself and educate others and also how to treat others with respect and a bit of compassion because how I was doing it originally was not out of a love ethic or any compassion it was literally just because I had some sort of superiority savior complex where I thought I was the best and everyone else was shit no, I was like 21. It was like I was going through my white girl uh, discovers injustices phase. You know, I can't believe racism exists. It wasn't that. I'm just using that as an example. But, it, you know, uh, during Black Lives Matter, when everyone was like, racism exists? What? You know what I mean? I was kind of going through that phase, but with sustainable fashion. Because I literally didn't know uh, the effects of it or the extent of the effects that it has on the planet. And I learned that in college. So during that course then was my worst phase. I am a phase person and I do look back on that with a lot of shame and regret for myself, even though I need to look at myself with some compassion because obviously I've grown as a person. But I've decided to, instead of um, dealing with it, I've decided to just black it out instead. So I have blacked out that whole period of my life. So if you've remembered me from back then, no, you haven't. Um, okay, so to get on with the podcast anyway, what the things I'm more so going to touch on the things I've learned and like the better way to approach things in like making not making other people but like trying to get people to or trying to help people understand or help people uh purchase things or go in the right direction in terms of their purchases right because obviously I can't be working from a sort of like a sanctimonious position because I also make mistakes and I allow myself to make mistakes as well I think that's the big difference it's like I'm not beating myself up over it or like you know um it's like going vegan for the first time or going vegetarian trying to cut something out to try and make a better change in your uh carbon footprint or your consumption right and you've grown up with the like very heavy meat eater family it's kind of the same when you try to integrate a more sustainable choices in terms of fashion into your life but you've grown up being taught and you're bombarded with all these advertisements to consume it's obviously going to be a difficult transition and for other people to get in the way of that and to for people to try catch you out it's almost off-putting and then you end up not doing it at all it's the same you know when you're trying to go vegetarian and, and you slip up and you're like have chicken nuggets or whatever when you're drunk and someone is like oh you're eating meat again (laughs) haha I knew it I knew it I knew you would go back on it so then you give up rather than just like being vegetarian again the next day it's the same thing with sustainable fashion once someone catches you out you kind of get discouraged and you don't want to keep continue doing it I was kind of on the side of like shaming people and the thing is I've acknowledged that and I can admit it now but I can also grow from it but the reason why I'm coming back on to talk about it again is because it seems that people are still on this buzz of like shaming other people for 
not making every sustainable choice and I've only noticed is because people hold me to a different extent or like accountability or a higher standard if they have followed me for a long time because I'm not behaving the same way that I did two years ago even though I've spoken about it extensively as to why I don't because you know it's hard to live your life like that and you end up not enjoying yourself I remember I didn't have a packet of crisps (laughs) this is like a real random thing I didn't have a packet of crisps for about a year and a half because I was like I knew that the packaging the crisps came in don't biodegrade and they're not recyclable recyclable so they just last forever the same thing with like uh, uh, foil balloons and I remember someone got foil balloons for it must have been Cora's like first birthday and the first thing I said was you know those balloons never break down like what a wet wipe honestly it was her birthday you know what I mean save it Jesus and the big thing about that is you're not encouraging people to make better choices by doing that and catching people out and like shaming people for doing they're just going to roll their eyes and dislike you that little bit more the only person that you can hold accountable is yourself and I suppose the only way you can encourage others then is to lead by example or to like help other people make better choices rather than being like you shouldn't have made that choice in the first place right so the thing I wanted to talk about first of all is um, one of the new things that has arisen since I uh, started uh, on my sustainability buzz or like started learning about sustainable fashion is the whole uh, term of like the gentrification of sustainable fashion. I think people love u- utilizing this word now. I, I think it is, uh, it's also hugely, hugely misunderstood, uh, the term, a phrase. It, I know... Um, in a lot of circumstances, it is a very, very negative thing, obviously, because of, uh, say, for example, obviously in Dublin, uh, the knocking down of like cultural landscapes such as the arch in Temple Bar and to build a hotel and replace of it is seen as gentrification. And that's obviously negative. Whereas the gentrification of sustainable fashion is too much of a blanketed term to and it's way more nuanced to just attach it to that. Um, to attach it to sustainable fashion or to be seen in a negative way or to have negative connotations with it it is a lot more complex than that and you can't be like stroking it with the same brush as you do with the whole hotels coming in replacement of cultural landscapes it's not the same it's not the same at all so um one of the things i've seen is that charity shops are like are, are full of ncad students yeah how dare they they're taking away clothes from people who need them so the first thing I wanted to say was, obviously I'm coming on here with a fucking, you know, a middle class accent and everyone's like, what the fuck does she know? But I have stood, the only reason I know I'm a, uh, qualified to speak on the, is not because I, uh, you know, it's not because I'm trying to defend my, I'm like trying not trying to defend my people. It's just because I'm actually educated on the topic. And I think I've kind of stayed quiet too long uh, to just like let that go on or to be used as, a, as an excuse for people to like turn people away from sustainable fashion or try to demonize it in some way. Anyway, uh, charity shops are were not designed for people of a lower income bracket. And I think people are forgetting that the whole issue with people shopping sustainable or why people find it hard is not just because of their financial means it is because of the lack of accessibility and charity shops aren't for people 
like who are on a, in a lower income bracket are not able-bodied don't have the time working three jobs and find it hard to find their size charity shops are not designed for those people it is not in place for those people so it is not accessible so the people so like the ncad students i'm putting i'm doing air quotations the ncad students are the ones funding charity shops it's not that people from a lower income bracket who are like working three jobs and find it really really hard to pay their rent are now able-bodied are like oh damn all the good stuff has gone out of the charity shops because they're not the one shopping in charity shops and they are never going to be the ones to shop in charity shops because it is not accessible for them they're the people that are it's it, it is excused for them to buy from fast fashion houses such as pennies or like order online because they can find their size they're able to get it straight to their door. It's like quick and easy for them. And it's also very, very cheap and affordable, obviously. So th- those people are never going to be going to charity shops and they never will be. Places like Pennies are designed for people like that. So that whole term of like, oh, all these rich people are gentrifying charity shops and like taking away clothes from the people that need them. That whole term is redundant. It is. It literally makes no sense for people to say that or to try like demonize people for shopping sustainably. It's people like that who are like from a higher income bracket or like they're in college and their parents are able to pay for their college and they don't have to pay rent. They are privileged. So they have the privilege of time to shop in charity shops and they're donating to charity. What they're doing is not bad and it's not a negative thing. And I think people need to stop attaching it to such a, a negative word like gentrification because that's not what it's doing. It, there's a different thing where there is a gentrification of sustainable fashion, but that is not how it's happening it's not in the charity shops where it's coming from um also it is important to note that there are clothes uh separate amount of clothes that are donated not the ones that are sent to charity shops there's like a different uh segment of clothes or like um different section of like donation baskets that are sent specifically to homeless shelters foster uh, foster care homes and also dv shelters so to be like I think that's what people are referring to when they say, oh, rich people are taking away the good clothes from charity shops. Um, I think that's what people are referring to as people like less advantaged. Um, and those people already receive free clothes from like a separate thing. So to not worry about that at all, that's not what's happening. And also the increase or like inflation of prices in charity shops uh, has only happened because of the increase in rents, not because there has been an increase of people buying from charity shops or shopping in charity shops that is not why um they're, they're never there to like make a huge profit margin and it's not like there is an exclusivity within charity shops that there is a lack of stock because of there is such a fast owner fast fast tur- what did i just say there a fast turnover in within fashion that means there's going to be more things donated and because there's such a like a weekly trend thing that people are basing their stuff off that you can't resell on depop then because it is not in trend anymore it is going to be donated to a charity shop um so there actually is a surplus of clothes which is why the picture of this podcast will be a sign that i saw in a charity shop in london which would be like people are refusing charity shops are actually refusing donations now because they don't have any room or storage to keep it so um for anyone who's going to use that term being like stop shopping in charity shops you're taking away stuff from people who need it that literally has makes no sense because charity shopping isn't accessible and it's only accessible for people who are privileged so that's why it works and what people are doing is literally just giving money to charity so i don't know why people demonize that so much um 
and I'm not defending myself because I uh, don't like charity shopping I literally don't like don't even like going into charity shops I'm on the different level of like privilege where I'm like I'm gonna uh, buy this uh, Depop item that was like inflated 60% and I'm gonna give this West London girl who wears uh, combat trousers and North Face puffer coats uh, her money for tobacco so uh, I'm on a different bracket of privilege and I'm very aware of that but because I can afford it I'm like fuck it I'll fucking do it and that's why I'm keeping those people in business uh, but any- that's another thing that I'm going to talk about but another thing I forgot to touch on in terms of accessibility um, and how it's more than just having a financial advantage is being able to sew I think that is a hugely uh, underestimated advantage that people don't take into account or don't try to learn because they don't think it's useful um but personally i think the most useful skill that i have is knowing how to sew and i feel very privileged privileged that i was able to even learn that in college and another thing with like i'm defending the art college or the art college students is that they can go into a charity shop see something that's damaged that will probably end up in landfill if they weren't able to resell it and be able to rework it into something else and i think that's a really helpful and useful way and probably the best way to reuse fashion and they're going to be the people who are going to be creating the future of fashion as well so it's better if they're able to do it from more of a sustainable standpoint and I think most most of them are because a lot of art colleges and fashion colleges are don't even have sustainability modules I think it's just coming in now I didn't even have one in mine I was studying fashion buying which I think is actually more it would be would have been more integral and crucial to learn about sustainability uh, within a fashion buying course because you're the ones in like working in the fast fashion houses uh, and like uh, robbing designs off independent designers and then ordering them in uh, from sweatshops and the cheapest materials to have the highest profit margins. So it would have been useful uh, to have a sustainability module in my fashion buying course. But when, luckily, one of my uh, tutors just taught us taught it to us because she felt passionate about it. And that's how I got into it. You have to acknowledge how important education on this topic is. And there isn't a limit to how much e- how much you can educate yourself. There's almost... Uh, um, there's always more that you can learn about it always uh, more that you can learn to more to educate yourself on making better decisions within your purchases or like what you wear how you inspire other people or like encourage the people around you to shop as well and I think I always undermine my influence of the people around me as well and since I've stopped kind of pushing the sustainability narrative a a lot of the people around me or in like even in my immediate circle aren't behaving in the same way that I used to either I don't know if they were doing it out of fear of me maybe (laughs) where they were like not buying from fast fashion houses or they were they they used to do the same when they'd be like sorry Keelan you know what I mean as if I was going to jump down their throat like obviously not because I would always make excuses for the people I loved you know I'd hold other people (laughs) to a different extent it's like influencers and she'd be like fuck you fuck you influencer Jesus, I was actually horrible. I don't know how um, I was still sexually active then, to be honest. But uh, lo and behold, I was. But yeah, I think there's always more that you can educate yourself on. Like reading books on not just on sustainable fashion, but even just ecological breakdown. I really recommend Naomi Klein. Um, any of her books are really good and really encouraging. Also, Mary Robinson's book, uh, what's it called? Climate Justice. Um, I haven't really read any books on just sustainable fashion I think it's too niche I think you need to uh, like um expand your horizons and actually just look at the ho- look at ec- ecological breakdown as a whole to encourage you more because sustainable fashion and its input or like its contribution to uh 
the world ending is so abstract because you can't see it all you see is like a really pretty model pretty and skinny model wearing this like really on trend thing and it's advertised beautifully and you're made to think that oh if you have this you will be as hot as and skinny as this model who was wearing it so it's hard to see like the terrible conditions in which the sweatshop workers are working in it's hard to see like the piles of landfill that are landing like back in those developing countries where the sweatshops are it's hard to see um the methane build up when the, these clothes are breaking down it's hard to see the microplastics that are coming off your clothes in the washing machine when you wash your polyester it's really easy for people to excuse themselves or justify their behaviors even if they are privileged in all the accessibilities or the, every aspect of accessibility so like time being able-bodied your size ability to sew education and also having a financial advantage so if you you could have all of those things be educated but you could still make bad selfish decisions and I'm only referring to myself here I'm only holding myself accountable I'm not referring to anyone else and I don't mean for this podcast to shame anyone because I really don't want it I wanted to I just wanted to encourage or inspire in some way Um, and it's also just a reminder for myself because I don't think maybe it's because I'm spending less time on social media or um, my algorithms isn't lined up with things that I actually want wanted to go wait my algorithm isn't bringing up stuff that I wanted to it's bringing up stuff that um capitalism wants me to see if you know what I mean that's the real like a uh, wishy-washy term it's like we live in a society capitalism wants me to see these things but um my algorithm isn't showing anything to do with sustainable fashion or like inspiring me or encouraging me to make better decisions in terms of my consuming because a lot of social media is just ads now uh so I think things like this will encourage me and inspire me to do more and hopefully because I'm speaking I'm speaking it into the universe it will bring good things back to me so uh Jesus Christ I always like uh finish a sentence while starting another sentence it's really hard I haven't taken my ADHD medication today and also I've been weaning myself off caffeine which is crazy well I had a cup of coffee this morning but I am weaning myself off coffee I'm literally like cleansing my body's a temple or an or n uh i haven't been drinking i had the odd pint of guinness but i haven't been like binge drinking i haven't been drinking any spirits i haven't been smoking i've quit the l smokes and now i'm getting off caffeine because every time i left the house i don't know if i said this in the podcast already because i started the intro twice but every time i leave the house i'm like oh i'm really short of breath i think i'm anxious i'm gonna have a panic attack or i'm going to shit myself but i'm also 10 minutes away from the house so i don't know if i'm gonna make it and i thought it was just because i was like oh i'm not leaving the house enough but it was like i i was leaving the house more and more and i'd leave the house with jason so it wasn't really adding up but then i realized it was the coffee because i had a coffee yesterday in cafe concerto concerto off uh oxford street terrible i hate going central it's really oh jesus now you would be anxiety ridden uh, riddled uh, obviously in in central london but even regardless of that i had a double espresso americano double espresso americano and uh, I, I was off the walls i was shaking when i got home i was uh, reading a book on the tube home and I, I could see my hands vibrating so i knew it was time then uh, to wean myself off but anyway what was i saying um oh yeah so people even with all the information and the advantages people are still making bad decisions because it's such an abstract idea to like think of sustainable fashion uh, or like the effects that you as one person have 
uh, in your carbon footprint. But there's a thing, uh, I heard it in a Blind Boy podcast, but there's a thing where like each person living their day-to-day lives in a developed country each have like 60 slaves. So that goes from like your cup of coffee in the morning to like your night cream at night when you're going to bed, right? And I'd say a, a majority of that would be to do with fashion too because every single fast fashion house is using slaves and it's just like accepted there is modern day slavery and everyone's just accepting it but it's so again this thing is so nuanced where people are like well even if they have all the accessibility accessibility advantages they're still like well i'm poor but it's hard to um obviously know the the depths of which or like the accuracies of someone's financial situation and I'm not going to assume I'm not going to be like no you're not you know you're buying loads of stuff you're getting a 200 pound Shein haul you obviously have the money to like go to a charity shop because you know you're living at home with your parents um but you know it you know I'm not on that buzz of shaming people even though I just did it right there you know it's hard to work from a love ethic when sometimes people are just annoying like me self I'm not again I'm not being like I can be annoying too. I can be on that buzz too, you know? Uh, like when I buy stuff off Urban Outfitters. But I've on a, I'm on a buzz now where I'm like, if I really, really can't find the thing that I'm looking for anywhere else, like par example, a lovely turtleneck for the winter months. Now, what I do now is I get, uh, if I need a basic and I can't find it for like an affordable price somewhere on like a secondhand out, uh, outlet like depop or vintage or any of those things or a charity shop or thriftify i will buy it off weekday that use organic cotton and a sustainable uh, organic cotton or recycled polyester in their fabrics but it usually has like an eco tag on it a lot of their things they actually don't so it is kind of confusing to shop there and it is still fast fashion you know like it's owned by the h&m group so it's not really like a really good way to shop but it is doing a tiny bit better than i usually would and um because when I was on the buzz of like, I give up on sustainable fashion, I literally was just like, okay, I'm just going to buy from Urban Outfitters and use the discount. And then I'd just be like, I know this is shit, but I'm just going to do it anyway. Even though I, I, I'm the one who's like advantageous with all the terms of accessibility and having a financial advantage. So it was kind of shitty that I was doing that. And it was really ignorant. And I was, you know, it was cognitive dissonance, really. Um, But I think that people now are just like, bored of being attacked or something or bored it's not bored of being attacked because like no one is actually holding anyone accountable anymore for their actions but it's more so people are bored of like feeling bad they're like hmm I don't want to feel bad anymore that was kind of my buzz sorry I should stop saying people because I'm just going to rub shame off others I should just be using myself as an example I was just using like I don't want to feel bad anymore. Hmm, I'm depressed. Hmm, I'm heartbroken. So I'm allowed to buy whatever I want. And everyone stop being me. Hmm. You know, even though I am educated on everything, I know the impact that I'm having. And it is such a bad excuse to be like, hmm, I'm not in the mood anymore. <laughs> to like not make an effort. It's, la- it's literally just laziness. And I think people are really tiptoeing around it because no one wants to upset each other because tensions are so high after lockdown. Tensions are so high and people are like about to snap everyone is about to snap at each other so it is so hard to be like how how do we go about this and no one is kind of like speaking up about it um because there are obviously are a lot more pressing issues in the world like i talk a lot more about like um 
essay and dv on my platforms because i just think it was it was actually it was more in line with what was going on in the world and also my own life as well so that's why you could like quieten down some issues and you talk loudly for, for for some others but they're still the thing is they still have to be there in the background the voices still have to be there you're not putting like noise cancelling headphones on here you they still have to be there and then you loud them up again when it's ready or like when the time is right and i think the time is right now and not because anything in particular happened but i think largely because the world is still ending and it's still a shit show there was like a code red from the un there like two months ago i'm always emailing fucking my uh <laughs> my uh governmental represent representatives of my constituency here in london and no one has ever gotten back to me surprise surprise um so i think that's why there's more of a fire under my ass fire in my belly fire under my ass to work a bit harder and i'm going to start holding myself accountable um i think i knew i was getting more in my bullshit is because i need to have all these conditions to be able to like I know it actually is hard because I know what it's like to be like depressed and feeling shit about yourself and not actually caring about anything or being apathetic because you you literally don't care if the world ends then if you're having those feelings about yourself and obviously I know for myself I have to have all these conditions where it's like okay I'm in a good uh, state with my family it could be an ADHD thing I'm not sure but I could be making excuses for myself then again it could be I need to have a good relationship with my friends and my family I need to be content I, my, I need to be in my full health I need to be on good terms. I need to have a boyfriend by my side. I need to have this X amount of money to be able to be sustainable, which I know myself because I'm educated on it. I know myself isn't true. I don't need all of those things to be able to do it. It's very, it comes very naturally to me. But for some reason, I was, it was actually easier for me to be sustainable. And for some reason, I was going out of my way to not be. I was like, I'm going to get a coffee out like outside for no reason and not bring my cup like the collapsible cup because I was like oh they're not using them they're not doing them anywhere because because of COVID even though they I know they are my friend's a barista and he literally told me that they're still taking collapsible cups or like reusable cups and I was like no I'm not gonna do it just because I was it was like the vegetarian thing I was like someone saw me eating chicken so I'm eating meat all the time now it, it, I was on that sort of buzz so I'm over it now I'm over it do you know what I got reusable uh, freezer bags, Ziploc freezer bags, and I used to have beeswax, um, you know, the reusable cling film thing, it's like beeswax covering for the things in the fridge, I need to get that now as well, um, but I'm gonna wait now, I am a bit, I'm, stra- I'm strapped for cash at the moment because of Missy Moo's, uh, vet bills, I, there was a story time on my YouTube, I don't know if it's gonna be uploaded by the time this, I think this podcast might be up before, but anyway, I have a serious, a huge, big, big vet bill that I paid, so I have literally no money, but I was able to be sustainable when I was literally broke. I remember going on Today FM to talk about uh, veganism one one day, and they had me on the next week then to talk about sustainable fashion, but I was going on to talk about veganism with Mario Rosenstock, and uh, I literally didn't have money for the go bus from Galway to Dublin and uh, I was still like on my on my bullshit I would never buy plastic but sometimes I remember my ex at the time my boyfriend at the time whose name my ex was like it's actually so much easier to be sustainable when you have no money because you're just reusing the things that you have and you're making them last longer and I was like that's so true because once I started getting a bit more money I was like I can just buy a new one I can just I can just buy a new one but anyway for my as myself for for an example I've uh first start when I you know you first start realizing that you want to have a style or you want to like dressing like other people is probably when you're like 14 15 
Um, actually, no, it probably comes younger as a child because you're like, oh, all my friends have Uggs and I don't have Uggs. That's the, the first memory that I have as a, as a child being like, oh, I want to fit in and I want to have real Uggs and I can only, my mom is only buying me the Duns version, you know, and I thought it was a grave injustice. How dare she? Uh, you know, I've still never had a pair of real Uggs, but you know what I'm going to get myself for Christmas? Yeah. Um, anyway, so for myself, when I uh, first started buying clothes for myself, I would always buy, my mom has always been buying in charity shops because she's like a slim woman on the weekends. She just like want to go into town and she like wants to pop into them. And she always like has a unique sense of style. And I think that as well can be added to the list. It's like people who don't want to shop trendy can go into a charity shop and they just want they have like their own sense of style can go in there because it's always going to be stuff that was on trend like months ago or years ago um anyway so when I started like buying clothes for myself it would be in vintage shops or charity shops and that's not because I was like oh this is so sustain so 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 what this is so sustainable of me I was like this is uh me having the individuality complex and I was literally like I'm not like other girls I was on that buzz I was on that tip of my life so um yeah and that's how it started out and then when I started learning about it I think that's what gave me the superiority complex because I was like I've been doing this for years and like you haven't you know what I mean even though I wasn't doing it for those reasons but I think a big thing to encourage yourself to keep continuing buying sustainable fashion is to not think about the effects that it has on the planet if that's really hard for you to think of because I know for myself I do find it so abstract because I'm like it's sunny today and the water levels aren't rising so I don't see how this is actually working anyway um, and I live in a city where it's so masked like any other like a uh, horrible incidents that are happening in any other place parts of the world it's very much like cut out from my peripheral because I'm in an echo chamber of like everyone who's on my algorithms and everyone who lives around me is like has a designer dog and like wears clothes from independent designers you know so it's hard for me to see the effects that it has in developing countries because you know it's not nice to think about and like obviously I understand why people use cognitive dissonance to not think about it because it's obviously it's not a nice thing to do so it's hard for people to, you know to shove it in people's faces people are going to do everything in their power to turn away from it and to not think about it so the best thing to do to encourage yourself to shop sustainably or like to shop make more sustainable choices in your fashion uh, or your style is to find your reason for like shopping sustainably make up other ones you can literally just be like my one now is I like supporting independent designers and the reason I'm like anti-Sheen anti-Urban uh, Outfitters and all these anti-Zara anti-H&M is not because of the environmental impact because it gives me the shivers and it's still adhering to the person that I feel so shameful about uh, who I was two years ago so my buzz is now is I don't agree with stealing designs off independent designers and now I want to uh, support those independent designers because I have the financial means to do that and that's why it's easy for me to make that connection and I can see the um like in terms of circular fashion I can see each step in which it goes from I can talk to the designer directly so it's easy for me for me to connect the dots there and then feel good about myself afterwards and have some sort of uh gratification from it rather than being like oh I bought this from a charity shop I'm slightly making a difference in saving the planet question mark I don't know if I actually am do you know what I mean so I think if you find your own reason um it might be a bit more difficult I I wish I had a list of ones that I could make up for you 
uh, but I don't at this moment in time. But I'm sure you can make it up because I, I know every single person is is very multifaceted so and very able-bodied to do it yourself. You're all capable. I know every single person who's listening to this podcast is very capable of making up a new excuse as to why they're doing it. And I really encourage lying to yourself. One of the best tips I could ever give, lying to your, not to anyone else, yourself. Not in a bad way, but to encourage and inspire. Lie lie in a bit more i'm jo- i'm actually be- i am joking but like not really you know um about that but yeah uh, another good tip is to consume inspiring media now i wouldn't actually recommend myself here i would have two years ago it might have been inspiring um because the odd time i was like oh there was a bit of sweetness in me i was like yes i love everyone everyone's making such good decisions and then the and then i like bully someone on the internet you know i wasn't actually you know poor uh we're not we're not going to bring it up again anyway so uh i wouldn't recommend myself now because i do uh i'm not one who's like oh i found such a bargain i literally i'm just like i buy the first thing that i see uh i'm really really bad at money at the moment because I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to buy this for myself because I'm supporting the independent designer, do you know? But I'm sure there's lots of other people that you could find and try to not unfollow. I'm not on that unfollowing buzz, but I have unmuted because I'm like friends with influencers who promote fast fashion and I like them as people, but it's real like, you know, I'm not going to dislike people because we have a different moral compass, do you know? Unless it's, you know, it's to do with racism and really extreme things. But in terms of the planet, it's really hard to ostracize people just for like not caring as much as you do because bottom line, you, you're not really a bad person for not caring that much is that a bad thing to say but like you're not you know what I mean anyway so like I don't hate my dad for eating steaks I probably did two years ago I definitely I definitely have mentioned that before and been like why does my dad do that anyway I'm bringing him up a lot in this podcast I'm so sorry he doesn't listen to my things anyway so um there's no chance of it getting back to him maybe I just miss him maybe I should text him I actually do text him more now, just in case people are wondering. Um, it's so good having a good relationship with your parents. Am I right, guys? Having a good relationship with my mom is like the best thing that ever happened to me. And it only came about after I moved to a different country. I mean, I moved out when I was like 18. Um, and even still, it wasn't that great. We could have been on better terms. It was more so like, oh, everything. We were just constantly getting in fights. Uh, but now we love each other. We're, I'm literally calling her to tell her about anything. I'd literally send her pictures of my dinner. I drink the same wine as her now. Beaujolais. We drink the same. We have the same taste in wine. Uh, where was I? Where was? Where was I talk? Where was I going? Jesus. Anyway, oh yeah. The bottom line, anyway, anyway, is to hold yourselves accountable. Stop shaming or trying to catch each other out. That doesn't work. I know it works in being in terms of being mean and putting out negativity. I know people actually like like being mean. Uh, when I was doing it, I wasn't aware that I was being mean. I thought that I was doing it for uh for the right. What's what's the what's the term? For the justice of the planet. I thought I was doing it for that, but obviously I realize now I was just you know it was just mean, and I could have done it in a better way um so to lead by example also educate yourself but also give people tips you know if people are like oh I love your outfit be like I bought it off vintage it is so good my housemate is now like addicted to vintage she actually thinks it's a problem because it's it is so addictive I actually got um barred from vintage that's another story well I 
yeah, might as well tell it. So Jason is banned from Depop because he was trying to, um, he was trying to get people to pay like outside, you know, just directly through his PayPal. So he d- wouldn't get the commission. I think a lot of people do that as well. I've gotten a, a warning like two years ago, but I didn't realize that they actually like delete your account if you do it. So he got deleted. And then when he got a new phone, he was like, oh class, I can get a Depop account now. Because obviously he's learned from his mistakes. He's not going to do it again. Anyway, they somehow found him again because it like attached to his old PayPal and then he got banned again. But anyway, so he has to use my Depop all the time, which is really annoying. So I wish there was some sort of, um, there was some sort of petition I could make or like, uh, how could I like bargain with Depop here where I could be like, please let my partner have his own Depop account so he can stop using my phone because my style edit is all like men's clothes now which is not which is the best feature of depop because it's literally like window shopping where it's like you're not searching for a particular thing it just like comes up in your suggestions which is so so good um it's so innovative depop you're so hot depop you're so hot you're so funny you're so so smart um it's actually yeah you're unbelievable you're the best secondhand uh fashion media uh no secondhand fashion outlet to come of the internet you are the first and the best and you'll always be the best in my eyes so please give my partner his own account and then okay so me I got barred from Vinted because um it's actually no there's like literally no buyer's protection on Vinted either I bought a shirt off this girl it was like a lovely fitted um some designer I can't remember anyway it was some fitted like designer white long sleeve shirt real cap like capsule wardrobe do you know what I mean it wasn't like a trendy piece that I was buying I was like I'm gonna use this forever now um so I bought it off her and then it still didn't show up a month later she she was like okay open up a dispute and they should reimburse you because if it's lost within royal mail or whatever it's not actually the seller's fault uh it's you know it got lost in the post or whatever so uh and I you know I that's happened to me before as well on Depop where if I buy or if I sell something on Royal Mail it's also so expensive to send something tracked and signed that most likely people aren't going to do it so um if you open up a dispute with PayPal on Depop and then you escalate it uh, PayPal reimburse you or refund the customer so you know no one loses out there uh, like the seller isn't losing any money just for royal mail losing the post anyway so with vinted what happened was anyway so i bought this shirt off this girl and i never got a refund from it so i was like okay i have no trust in the buyer's protection they literally like no we can't refund you and i was just like what anyway and i wasn't going to ask her because it actually isn't her fault and i know how stressful it is as a seller for someone to be like here can you give me the refund because like you've lost out on your item of clothing that you were selling and most likely like people who are reselling on Vinted and Depop most of the time they don't want to sell the things but they're like in in good need of money especially on Vinted now with Depop is a different story because a lot of people use that as like their company or like to make a profit but with Vinted usually people are just selling stuff because they need money um so I wasn't going to text the seller and be like here you have to fucking refund me but the thing is with Vinted and I didn't realize this now the shirt story is over I just never got a refund for it and I never got my shirt so that's fine but um the thing is with uh I bought a pair of shoes then off another seller and they were a unif like trail uh I thought they were the trail shoes there was only one picture of the shoes and it was from the front and when I they were they were like two weeks late the girl who sent me the proof of postage gave me a tracking number, which is actually said, Vinted had said that the tracking number was like inaccurate or it was like a wrong tracking number that they had given me. 
So I texted her anyway and I was like, here, those shoes haven't arrived. And then Vintage just like automatic, I didn't open up a dispute. Vintage just like gave me a refund automatically. So I was like, okay, grand. I haven't got my shoes, um, but I got a refund because they were like 75 pounds or whatever. But then the shoes arrived. So I texted her and I was like, hey, I got my shoes. And then she was like, send me the fucking money. I swear to God, she like went absolutely like, um, she went mafia. She went mafia mode. It was literally like being in a Quentin Tarantino movie. I thought she was going to hunt me down. And like, she had my address. So I literally was scared for my life, but she was obviously like 15 or whatever. But she was like, give me my fucking money right now. I, I just imagined her to have an American accent, even though it was obviously English. But, um, and I was like, here, listen, it's not my fault that uh, Vinted gave me a refund when I never opened a dispute. Be- but then I realized it took it out of her account. And like, Vinted didn't even refund for on behalf of her they took it out of her account but I didn't get the money in my I hadn't the money in my account yet and I was like here I'm sorry I can, I can only refund you in like two days because it's not in my account yet and I have an Irish bank account it's going to take longer and then she goes fine just keep the fucking shoes then and I was like what are you talking about and I was like no I'm offering you or I can send and then I was like okay I can send you back the shoes because the shoes that she had pictured or um said in the description weren't the shoes that she sent me she sent me like some heeled uh, lace-up unit shoes that I didn't want I wanted the, the flat ones you know those um anyway these flat lace-up ones but there was only one picture so I didn't know that anyway this is a real long-winded story I hope this is entertaining um but anyway this is like a forewarning about vintage if you uh you want it I'd say just like track your post because you're yeah it, it they're not going to refund you it just takes the money out of your account um so anyway I was like I'm gonna send back your shoes uh, or I can give you the refund in like two days and then she was like uh she was like I'm finished with this conversation you can keep your fucking shoes enjoy your free fucking shoes then and I was like what the fuck is wrong with you and I was I was being really polite I was like sending her I was like I'm giving you the solutions here but you're not taking them and she was like no you're just you're robbing me and I was like oh my god it's not my fault that Vinted gave me a refund queen anyway then she reported me and the thing as well with Vinted is they gave me 24 hours to um make up with they were like you need to come to a solution with the girl and she basically had to cancel the uh, report of me um but obviously then she just blocked me because she was like I keep your fucking shoes and she had no interest in like actually uh coming to a solution or like getting her money back she just wanted to have she was in the obviously in the heat of the moment she just thought that I was going to rob her even though I had no intention of doing that um and then, uh, so vintage were like, you have 24 hours to figure this out. But the thing, then I tried to contact customer service and the thing with customer services, they take 48 hours to respond. So by the time the customer service had responded, they had deleted my account and banned me from vintage. <laughs> so I'm just like completely banned now from like something I never even did. Um, and it wasn't my fault. It was, like that whole situation was completely Vinted's fault. And I tried to contact them and they were like, we're sorry for this inconvenience. You have to pay this, uh, you have to pay this person back now. And I was like, I, well, I can't, I have, I don't have their contact details because they blocked me. And I also, they also delete, you deleted my account. So, um, I just have these shoes now and it got refunded. So anyway, and I don't even fucking wear the shoes. So it was a total waste. It was a total waste of money. And I feel bad for that girl now. She obviously was, Jesus, very stressed out about something. Um... Now, did I want to say anything else? Because this is coming up on nearly uh, nearly an hour, I'd say. Oh, yeah. I, I wanted to touch on the thing. I listened to a podcast called... Oh, wait, I'm just going to pause and pee because I, my throat actually hurts from talking. Okay, I was just revisiting what I just said there. I said uh, I need to pee. I need to take a pee break because my voice... My throat hurts from talking. That sounded like I was going to go drink my piss. Didn't it? 
Well, I didn't do that. I just did a little wee wee there in the toilet. Anyway, um, what I wanted to talk about, the term, the devil wears Depop. Now, there is the whole thing of, you know, girls reselling um, kids' pyjama tops for like £15. I don't know. I, people have kind of attached me to this stigma or attached me to this uh, type of person or type of Depop seller, even though I've never done that. Um, and I've looked through again and again. I have like re looked through my Depop um, to see why I could have been perceived in that way. But I've never sold anything even remotely similar to that sort of thing. I just resell my own clothes at a very, very uh, discounted price or I used to run a vintage shop. Now I could be um, put in the bracket of like reselling smelly vintage clothes uh, for double the price but even still like everything was kind of under 20 euro and I tried my best I was literally I had no money during that period of my life because I was like I just want to resell vintage I'm doing my passion even though I couldn't afford food and I was like you know um so I don't I actually am I'm getting defensive there like usually I'm able to acknowledge criticism and be like oh yeah and I'm able to take a slagging but I don't understand that one because I never did it anyway but there are uh, obviously people who are uh, taking advantage of their accessibility or their privileges of being able to shop in charity shops and then reselling stuff at such an inflated price and creating huge profit margins um now there will just that is like inevitable in kind of any aspect of life that sort of thing is always going to happen under capitalism it is just a way of life and it's it, it should be expected but it's nothing that should turn people away from shopping sustainably um there's always going to be people who like try to make quick cash off of things and the only positive i can see from it is people who have who don't have anything from the list of accessibilities that i spoke about uh before in this episode like time or being able-bodied or size those people can buy off Depop then and still if they, it's like if they are financially advantaged and they can afford it then I don't see a problem with them buying off that because the person who has found it in the charity shop like took the time to do it I don't know that's the only way I can justify it where like they're you're basically paying for that person's time and you're paying for the person's advertisement and you're paying for the person who models on it you're paying for the photographer who took the photo if it is like because some Depop shops are like very very high budget and like they have actual people coming in to like model the clothes and like lighting and everything and they're like advertising it in a pretty way there's someone styling it um because that's how fashion works that's how fashion is advertised to people it's like styled in a beautiful way and made to see main made scene very very nice and like so people can consume it or like want to consume it and that's how uh things sell better so uh yeah that's the only way i can kind of justify it and i think it's not like the bottom line it's not actually that that bad it's not like you know they're selling oil on the black market or like you know um kidnapping children and selling their organs they're reselling stuff from a charity shop and like I said as well they're not taking people who uh, not taking clothes from people who are disadvantaged out of charity shops because charity shopping isn't accessible I'll say it what the last time charity shopping isn't accessible because it takes so much time and again because the rent is the rent is increasing it's not even that cheap anymore um so let the art college students do what they want you know they're reworking things it's not taking it away from people um the people who don't who are, are disadvantaged and uh, find it inaccessible they allow them they're you know it's allowed for them to buy off um fast fashion places that hold their size it's able to be delivered to their door they don't have the time to fucking be looking through depop or vintage do you know what i mean um 
so yeah uh i think a lot of times as well with the thing is with the internet and like being stuck in echo chambers people just repeat phrases that they've read without actually thinking of the connotations that go along with it or the how like complex or nuanced is and a nuanced it is and the whole thing with tiktok was like no nuance november like nothing on tiktok is nuanced no one ever explains what the fuck they're talking about it's like a 16 second video where they're like the gentrification of depop is ruining the world people are still over consuming um and to just like put out vague statements or like vague phrases being like there's no uh sustainable consumption under capital there's no ethical consumption under capitalism like and just say that without anything to back it up or like any sort of solution or a way forward for people or give people a bit of hope they're just like saying these things and then obviously people are gonna like lose interest in like trying to make better choices for the planet or like look at their own impact on the world they're just not going to care anymore and i'd be this i'm the fucking same at seeing all these things and all these people just being like you know when depop is demonized and charity shops are demonized and then all of a sudden like sustainable fashion is a bad thing i don't understand what how people got from a to fucking y um anyway so yeah just be careful with stuff that you read on the internet or like that other people because i know you can like an influencer you can like people on the internet, but you don't have to agree with every single thing they say. It is so dangerous. You don't have to agree with every single thing I say. There could be a lot of things in this podcast that you're like, I don't agree with that, but she had a few, fair few points. And that is the best takeaway I could get from this podcast as well. If it inspired someone or um, even, you know, you, if you use your critical thinking skills throughout this podcast, I really encourage it. There, now, there's no reason to like start fights with me. I don't have the energy and I'm also quite an anxious person. So please don't, oh, there's no need to start a fight with me, but you can disagree in your head. And that's totally fine because everyone is entitled to their own opinion. And also someone could be more educated on this topic than I can be. It's so possible for someone else to be more educated or like to have a better outlook on things than I do. Um, this is just from what I've studied from doing fashion buying from like from from the perspective of someone who would have worked in the head office of pennies buying in things for a high profit margin where it comes from like visiting out uh sweatshop and uh, sweatshops and signing them off as safe to work in just so you can keep the prices low and the wages low and the conditions really shit. Um, so what was I saying there? Yeah, so just use your critical thinking skills and stop being so oh like everyone's brain is so like vulnerable or something everyone's i don't know what it is like people are just like yeah yes ma'am yes god and then just start repeating that start repeating the same phrases instead of just like thinking about it or like forming your own opinion anyway um and the reason i'm saying this is because of jason oh jesus jason put up a tiktok yesterday i now i would like to preface i had no idea what he was going to caption it and that's where like throwing him under the bus i'm like i didn't know that he was going to do this anyway so he was like oh let's get a cute tiktok i thought he was getting a cute tiktok of our outfits and i was like oh my god i'm smiling away like a moron here um and then he captioned it being like grateful we've never shopped from shein now obviously i i would just never shop from shein i've never thought about it and it's not something i would do that's like true but i'm not like particularly grateful that i've never shopped from there maybe i am because i'm like oh i don't i don't have like i have the financial means where i don't need to shop from shein to feel like i'm on trend or whatever or um i don't feel the need to buy the things that would be on shein i've never looked in it blah blah blah. that's not being like i'm so much better than people who buy from shein anyway and i know i would know to never caption something on tiktok like that because it is just like an open 
like you know an open gate to allow in hate and criticism i just know that it is but anyway um the, from jason's perspective and i'm like just uh justifying his captioning here or like speaking on behalf of him you know he's not an influencer so he doesn't need to explain himself but it's just because i was in the video i feel the need to and it, it do, things like that do make me very anxious because i wouldn't want people to attach me to that sort of like oh i'm classist and i'm shaming people from shopping there because that's not even what the tiktok was about it, even from jason's mouth jason is a fashion snob he studied fashion design in college and he would only shame Sheehan because it's like ripping off independent designers and he was being like oh I've never you know bought from anywhere that does that he also hates like Jaded Man and ASOS it's like he holds everything from the same account and he does work on Urban Outfitters and he hates the clothes there he has never bought anything from Urban Outfitters ever maybe like in the first six months that he worked there like track bottoms or something but he does not buy clothes from there so people being like Urban Outfitters every single work that you do under capitalism is degrading and it's not going to be like totally sustainable and good for the planet everything is going to have a negative impact on the world so him working there is totally um irrelevant to the comments that people were making i'm getting like really hyped up about this anyway it's just like don't talk bad about my partner but then also other people were saying like oh your classes to jason which is also a redundant comment i'm not going to talk about his financial background or like his upbringing but that is a completely um redundant comment to make about jason um it's impossible for him to be classist anyway and next is oh yeah people have oh yeah so another comments were like oh you should try it as in like you should try working from Shein. it would be an improvement on your style um obviously this was a very i found this very funny um because it is real like oh we're gonna shame <laughs> it's like you're shaming us from buying cheap clothes we're going to shame you now for having your own unique sense of style you know it was like it was probably a teenager do you know what i mean i'm holding them um I'm like, I'm being too cruel or like, um, you know, it probably doesn't matter that much, but I, I just can't, I couldn't believe that, that, uh, people are still shaming each other for like not being on trend. That's basically what the underlying theme of the comment was. It was like, you don't dress like you're on trend. So if you did, it would be an improvement. Uh, so I don't understand that. I think if there was a bit less of that, it would be easier for people to buy sustainably as well or to make more sustainable options. If there wasn't that undertone of being like, oh, you would dress so much better if you did buy from Shein though. What? Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. I don't think so. Um, anyway, you're literally dressed in enslavement. You're dressed in the blood, sweat and tears of children and women that are abused. Um, so I don't know how that is an improvement and I don't know how you're going to shame people from buying from charity shops. Anyway, and uh, there are very cheap options. Vinted is like the cheapest thing I found. It's cheaper than charity shops as well, even with shipping. I've bought loads of things for literally one pound, two pound, three pound, four pound off Vinted. Uh, and the good thing is about it is that you, you can haggle with sellers as well. So that is the people who have the advantage of time. That is for the people who have the advantage of Lit yeah literally just time that's all you need to shop on vintage is just time because it has a wide range of it has a wide size range um obviously anyone who is not able-bodied can get it delivered straight to your door so that's good um it's cheap so if you're financially disadvantaged you can shop from there and yeah and there's loads of young people that uh, sell on depop as well so you can get generally uh, very trendy stuff too and the odd time stuff would be like damaged or whatever so if you have the ability to sew that is handy as well because you can get stuff for so cheap if there's like a button missing or a tiny little hole that you can sew up or like if it's not hemmed you know if it's like a raw hem or whatever um yeah so 
sorry I can't believe I was literally I'm so old I was literally given out there for five minutes about people on TikTok like commenters on TikTok TikTok, TikTok is always a breeding ground for hate it's I think it's venomous it's literally it's a horrible horrible place that's why I hate uploading um and I actually, in the end, got Jason to delete it because it was literally making me so anxious. And I just hated that people were, like, calling him names. Do you know what I mean? Um, even though he didn't care. He's literally, like, he finds it funny. But I was like, no, delete. Or, um, um yeah. So, that's it. Uh, and I remember, I'm as well, I'm not perfect. I have definitely slagged people for what they've worn. Me and Jamie Malone literally made a video when I was, I would have been 18, 19, of like uh, criticizing people's longitude outfits while we were both wearing hoodies. So if that gives you a little uh, insight into my past and why I'm so ashamed of it. Um, yeah, so that's the podcast. That was a good hour. Oh, geez, I did brilliant there. Oh, that was actually really fun as well. I love this buzz. I'm going to take a selfie. Oh, no, I don't have my phone right now. Maybe I'll take a picture on my um, photo booth of my setup right now. So I have Missy Moo is in the back here. Um, she's in the back here sleeping on the couch because she's in a huff because she puked up her breakfast and I didn't give her any more food because you have to wait 12 hours. And I have my Yeti mic here in front of me on the table and my big alien uh, headphones. So I'm going to take, if you hear the, um, this, the beeping in the background, I'm just taking a little quick selfie. Quick selfie to end the podcast. I might do this every day and I have pseudocreme on my face because I'm breaking out in spots because me and Jason have given up sunbeds. Um, I used to do like two, three minutes on beds to, to like clear up my skin because it's good for eczema and psoriasis. And I'm always scared of like, I'm, I think I'm getting eczema or like it's good for um, spots sometimes as well. So you do like two, three minutes because yeah, when I said, went to see a dermatologist, literally the dermatologist was like, it's good to do like t literally not any extent as to which you can get tanned it's like literally two minutes in a sunbed where it's like you get a slight bit of uv ray it can also be good at, uh for getting um for what you call that sad seasonal affective disorder anyway but then obviously i got addicted because i have an addictive personality and i was like i'm gonna start doing fucking 10 minutes now on the beds whacking them out and jason had a uh a, a funky mole scare so we've given up sunbeds now so now I think I'm breaking out because my skin is now adjusting from like not being in sunbeds. That's my, I think that's the reasoning. Um, because I usually generally have very clear skin because I do take all my supplements, girls. Anyway, okay, I'm taking a quick selfie. That was a real long-winded answer for me taking, a justification for me taking a selfie. Anyway, here. Oh no. It beeped in my headphones. So I don't know if you did, you probably didn't hear. Oh, I look so cute to be honest okay I hope this is a great podcast see the thing is as well of why I was so um reluctant to get back into the podcasting is because I hate the sound of my own voice and I find it really really hard to understand how people could enjoy listening to them but my podcasts actually get more um overall listens or view like the equivalent to views and listens of my youtube they actually get more listens so i'm assuming that means that like people actually enjoy them more i listen to podcasts way more i don't want i literally don't watch youtube anymore i only listen to podcasts so i don't know why i'm creating media that i don't even consume myself that makes no sense so i should progress more and i should just get over my insecurities i actually i'm taking acts of radical self-love now and i've decided that i love the sound of my own voice um not to the extent where I'm arrogant or vain. It is just that I appreciate my voice and I think it's soothing and other people enjoy it as well. And I'm I'm so grateful that my voice can educate others. Jesus. That was a real turnaround there of uh, thoughts. 
and I hope um you enjoyed this podcast and let me know what you think if you would if you did like it please share it because I'm only getting back into the swing of things let's top those Spotify charts again girls I love podcasts and I'm actually really buzzing that I can make my own like how exciting is that it's buzzy AF and hopefully it's loud enough as well tell me oh the thing I want feedback on is the volume control because there's a lot of podcasts that I listen to that aren't loud enough and I have to like put up my a volume like full blast even listen to it because that's very important if you're living in London you need to have a podcast that's loud and you can hear with your airpods in on the tube because a lot of them you can't because it's on full blast and you still can't hear it um the volume control obviously uh don't comment on whether I was talking too fast or not because I actually can't help it um the subject matter uh yeah tell me if it was helpful or not don't start an argument with me in comments or uh, messaging because uh, unless you're like, you know, giving me constructive criticism, that's fine. But don't start fighting with me because I, I don't have the thick enough skin yet for it. Maybe in a few more weeks, but get back to me. GBTM. Um, so yeah, mostly just, I just want to know about volume control. But if you could share it, that would be a great help because I don't know if people know that I do have a podcast because people always ask me to make a podcast and I'm like, I have one. I just haven't uploaded on it in months. So yeah, uh, so this is because is hopefully going to become a weekly thing now. I I even have I have uh brainstormed my ideas for the next three episodes and I've started researching them. So I actually am on a buzz. It's this my meds now. I'm go like I you, you know what I mean. I could conquer the world or end. Everyone watch out. You know it doesn't take me like forty eight hours to hang up the washing anymore. It takes me two seconds. Yeah, record time. Um, is that all I have to say? Oh, I hope that wasn't too mean or like shaming anyone. Anyway, okay, I should just finish it now. I'm dragging it out. Okay, bye. Love ev- love all of yous. You're all so hot, smart, funny, um, stylish, sexy. Anyway, okay, bye. Love you.